We've got the, the privilege of dedicating Jonathan this morning, and uh, it's just very exciting as my wife extended a warm welcome to the, the Elvery and the Higgins clan and everyone that's come out, and uh, it's just wonderful there that we just see so many connections and, and so many generations. I was told this morning we've got four generations in the house and four generations that just love Jesus in this family, and it's just, it's just covenant right there. Actually, I'm going to take a moment to pause there for a moment. Dudley and Sylvia. You've been naughty and haven't been in church the last two weeks. I haven't been able to do this. We haven't been in our church. I believe you have. Would you just stand for a moment? We just want to honour you. 60 years married a couple of weeks ago. and It is just so exciting. And we just thank you that you have hung through there in the good. And it was all good, wasn't it? There's been no testing times in your marriage, not like the rest of us. You've just had it easy and um, civil because you're just people of God and the image of Jesus. And it's just been... But we're just so grateful that you've stuck in there and hung in there with that to provide an example through the generations and provide just something for us to vision and see and go, that's what we want to run at. And I'm just so thankful for you. And I know all the other married couples and singles and these guys who aren't yet married. Get a vision of this, guys, okay? That's what you want. You're smiling. I know you've got your girlfriend and all that, man. But vision of marriage. you 60 years married, man. That's what you need to get in your mind. All good. Awesome. So thank you. Bless you. That is just exciting. We're, we're just going to talk. I want to talk this morning a bit, about, um, a bit about this before we actually dedicate Jonathan. So I just want to talk to you guys a bit and everyone else in the room here. But Psalm 120, 123, 127. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. You hold a gift in your arms, Jay. You're being rewarded, not because you deserved it, mind you. I know you. you no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a good God who gives good gifts to his children who don't deserve it. And you've got, you carry, you've got three lovely rewards there of his generosity and of his goodness and his love that's just extending forth. We know this, and we know that children are a gift, but they're also, and that's it, they're, they're ours for a time. Children are not from us. They're not necessarily for us either. They're a blessing to us, but they're God's. And so we, we hold them for a time. We're also responsible for them. We know that Hannah presented Samuel at the, at the temple. We know likewise that Mary and Joseph presented Jesus there. And this morning, you're going to be presenting Jonathan to God, acknowledging that this is God's gift, acknowledging that he is not your own, but he is from God. And that dedicating him to the service of the Lord, dedicating him for, for God's purpose, believing that that is what's going to come through his life. And so I just want to speak this morning about a, a few things leading up to that. In Deuteronomy 6, we get this, this wonderful passage where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And I wonder how they can't get the concept sometimes that God is three persons. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Unified together. But what this also means, and we're seeing it right here this morning in front of us, is not just for one generation. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is generations combined. We carry a a word on our church that we will see three and four generations running together. We'll see generations combined. Here this morning we have four generations who share the same God. 
God is one. This is generational. This is what you carry as parents and what your parents carry and what your grandparents carry and what your children are going to carry. The Lord is one. So therefore, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is our command as parents, isn't it? You tell them what to do and don't worry about doing it yourself. Everything that you are. Our responsibility as parents, both natural and spiritual, is to actually set the example. We do it first. We do it first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and strength. Everything that you are. Coming this morning and dedicating, Jonathan, you're saying that. We come with everything we are and commit ourselves to the purposes of God for our generation. And because of that, we're going to come and pass that on to another generation. We're going to give our lives fully to him. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts and impress them on your children. They're not just stuff that we put on the inside. To actually be the parents God wants us to be, we have to bury his truth deep within us. David speaks this to God at one point. He says, deep calls out to deep. He's not talking about some ocean trying to talk to another ocean or a big gully or something there. He's talking about the real deep heart matters that as blokes we can only talk about when we're not looking at each other's faces and staring at a fire or sitting beside each other and pretending like no one else can see the emotion on us. Talking about those deep heart matters and this is where, where are we to bury the commands of God deep in our hearts that they become the most vital and important thing to us, that we want to follow his example and his statutes more than anything else. And then what do we do? Press them on to our children. Press them on to our children. You know, you, this morning you're doing one of the things that does that. You're in the house of God. One of the deepest things that passes these values and passes the kingdom on to our children is what? We be in the house ourselves. Countless times, countless times over years we've seen that. How children grow up in the church and they stay because they see their parents there. We've also seen examples the other way. Where church is not valued. Coming together and worshipping together isn't valued. And I've talked with parents that wonder where their children are. Not that that's the reason that all children aren't aren't in place, but that is the key thing to hold within us, is to value meeting together. Even in the tough times when they whinge and cry in the morning and vomit over the floor, you're like, man, I can't make it this morning. We've got this mess. We haven't even eaten breakfast yet. It's just tough to get up and get to church this morning. We'll clean up the vomit when we get home. We'll bring some pooey dab. We'll, whatever's gone, we'll, we'll clean the crayon off the walls when we get home. We'll repaint the door. We'll patch the wall. Maybe it's just my house. <laughs> <laughs> but we hold the values in spite of what goes on in our world so that our children would see, see the example. Talk about them when you sit down at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Simple way of saying that all the time. When as parents do we teach about Jesus? All the time. When do we have conversations about God? All the time. The modern language says it's something like this, learning opportunities. Natural learning opportunities. 
when there's things that happen. Uh, a number of times, Josiah would get in the car or the kids get in the car and do something and say, oh, this guy did this to me today. I can't wait till tomorrow to get him back. Yes, son, let me teach you how to punch so you can really do that. No, let's, let's discuss the grace of God and forgiveness now. Let, let's actually take an opportunity to show what Jesus looks like. Right now, when we get up, are we, are we speaking Jesus in the morning? Is he filling our homes? When we lay down at, at night, are we praying with our children and passing the kingdom on and teaching them how to begin and end their day with the kingdom of God? And then what do we do? Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them to your foreheads, which for me works really well because I can stick anything to my forehead pretty much. Write them on the door frames. Yeah, most of you have seen a pick on my forehead at some point or another. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, when I read this, I can't help think of the great Aussie movie, The Castle. And um, that one line, this is going straight to the pool room. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads. Send the commands of God straight to the pool room. The most valuable thing we have is God's instructions and his words to us. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God is our bread, our nourishment. It is the thing that feeds us and um, comes inside us. We need to display what we value. We do that, don't we? We put on our walls at home. The things that we value, photos of our children, photos of, of different things. We've got photos of the hands and feet of our kids up on the wall. And anyone that's been to our home knows that as soon as you walk in the door, there's the words that greet you right there. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We put up on our walls what, what's valuable to us. And it's interesting thing that write them on the doorposts. And the Israelites did this. They'd walk in doorposts and walk in the doorways and, and read out and recite the words of this. And even greater than that, they didn't just write them on the doorpost. What they do is they, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, a mezuzah. Have I got that? I got it right. Thank you, Cyril. And um, they get the mezuzah and they get the entirety of, of Deuteronomy from chapter 6 to about 9 or 12. And they write it all up in a scroll and they put it and they actually screw that to their doorpost. I believe a lot of them, what they do is when they walk in and out, you take it out and read it and recite it and say these words and remind yourselves of these words. Israel was covered by, when they walked in and out of Israel, there were two mountains there and they would have people that stood on them and commanded and shouted down the blessings of the Lord to them so that where they went, they remembered the truth of what God is. And so we do that as parents. We remember the truth, we bind it tightly and we continually speak it and prophesy it over our children. 
Parenting's a tough gig at times. Tough gig. Great responsibility, but great reward. You know, these instructions were given to Israel after they'd been 400 years without their own country. And they're just walking in to actually have their own houses. And as we keep hearing in Australia how that, that dream seems to be drying up for young people and it keeps saying, oh, it's tough for young people to break in the housing market and that it's really, I guess that's, that's starting to give a bit of a glimpse when people are saving up, saving up their house deposit, trying to get into their own home, their own place, really is where Israel were at, but multiplied by five million times. 400 years they'd been in Egypt as slaves, coming in and about to come into their own land, about to come into their own house, their own, own bit of real estate. These commands, decrees, laws, the Lord your God directed me to teach you and observe in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. You're about to get your hands on it so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. You know, last couple of weeks we've been, we were talking about fasting and believing God for the best year ever in 2017. This is pretty much it. What does the best year look like? It looks like life. What is life? Following God. Ephesians 2 says that you were dead in your transgressions. You were, you were dead when you were sinning. When you, all you did was sin, when you didn't know God and walked away from him, you were just dead. But even whilst you were like that, Jesus died that you might have life by, by his great love and by his extreme mercy. He died that you might enjoy life. What is life? Following God and his commands. Living his purpose. And that's what they're saying. You can live your purpose. You can actually have life, not just you. But as we do this, it's for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and your children's children. You get the picture on that. Here, Israel, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you. You may increase greatly in the land, flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then we go into that passage we just read. You know, there's a lot of distractions in the promised land. There's a lot of other people who lived there and they had their own gods. And they had their own way of worshipping them. There was Asherah poles and Baals and all these other things that began to get enticing as they lived there. Like, really, we worship by killing sheep and pigeons and burning grain and... oh. Man, every time we go to church, it just smells like an abattoir. I'm sure the Israelites got a little bit sick of that. Killing animals all the time. And so they looked at how the other, other countries worship. Some of them worship by having sex. And went, that looks a lot more fun than killing a sheep. Some of them worship all sorts of strange ways. Had poles and had different things. And so there's all these distractions and things to pull their heart and things to pull their attention. All these other things going around. And at times they walked after them. And at times they, they stayed the course and different ways of worship. And God's desire for the Israelites when they moved into that land wasn't to follow the, follow the cultures set by every other nation. It was to establish God's culture, establish his kingdom in that place. And just here, it's God's desire for us to do exactly 
the same thing as people, as parents, and to train our children to be ones who establish and set culture. We have a lot of distractions around us. A lot of distractions that go on in our society. My, my sons know what this little yellow M means. Somewhere in their mind at four, at two, they understand that that means there are chips and burger in that place. And this tastes yum and we want it. And that's what they, they've got that advertising around them. And McDonald's has got their minds and is trying to grip their hearts. As much as we want to put broccoli inside them, their desire and their hunger for is what has gripped their heart and, and grabbed hold of it. You know, we need to grab a vision for our children. What is our vision for our children and what is the heartbeat that we have for them? Because somebody else is fighting for them and there's a lot of people in this world that are fighting for their hearts. They say 98% of people are followers. 98% of people are followers. So in this room this morning, we've probably got four that aren't. Four that set culture, if we follow example on that. 2% of people are culture setters. Advertising, media, just tries to grab it and, and snare it. The, in 2012, the, um, the CEO of MTV came out and said, you know what, we're not trying to grab the hearts of 14-year-olds. We own them. We're not trying to reach 14-year-olds. We own them. We tell them what music they're going to like. We tell them what clothing they're going to wear. We tell them what products they're going to be into. They say, if you have got, if you have merchandised and advertised and got someone hooked by the time they're 16, they will be product loyal for their life on that. So they're aiming at that, that age group. Viacom, who owns MTV has a birth-to-the-grave policy. They own Nickelodeon Jr., Nickelodeon, Nicktoons, Nickteens, MTV, CBS, Paramount Pictures, birth-to-the-grave, trying to hook their hands into and establish their culture and their product and their placement and what they're selling into the lives, well, of us, but more so our kids. What's our vision for children? Because if we don't carry a vision within us, there is a company out there that's definitely carrying that. Hasbro's carrying a vision for our children. Mattel, they carry a vision for our children of what toys they're going to be playing with and how long they're going to be playing with and every age group through them. Disney has a vision for your children. Do we carry a vision for what our children are going to be? I'm not saying that we're going to say, you're going to be a, a violin savant, and from age six months old, we're going to put a violin in their hands and force them to practice 10 hours a day on that. What is the vision? Do we have a vision that our children are going to be culture setters, ones that are going to run with the kingdom of God and, and going to follow his plans? You know, why can't it be the fact that Christians are the 2%, that we carry the culture, that we set the culture, that's what we want for our children. You know, we've just, I said I've just been camping with a, a bunch of young guys um, this weekend. We got there and one of the young fellas, as soon as he's there in the bush, I love bush, it is, just, it is a great place and fire. As soon as we're there, he pulls out his iPad and he starts playing music and watching videos on it. And, and, and Colt, media's just got a hook. 
It said him, he's just following that. And it took a little bit to rip that out of his hands and get it away. And all of a sudden, then he starts sharing stories. And we were just talking about stories of how we injured ourselves as blokes. It's a good way to get blokes to open up. Tell me how you got that scar. And there's one guy there, and you can tell he wasn't carrying an iPod around, but um, he was covered in scars. He had a lot of stories for all of them. I'll tell you what, though. He sets culture wearers around him. He's a young guy who just carries something special on him. He's telling a story. He's got the scar on his leg. How'd he get it? Well, his brother got a, um, a show bag from the Ecker, and it had a dartboard in it. And uh, they didn't have a wall to hang the dartboard on, so... Uh... <laughs> I love it, because he's living life, and he's doing something, and this kid carries something there that's, that's not normal, and not following, and um, vision, we need to have a vision for our children, hear, O Lord, the Lord our God is one. You know, we set these values, we set these rules, we set these roles for them to follow to make sure we get their hearts and keep their hearts. But there's going to be times as parents where our, our kids, we're not the most important to them. At the moment, Josh just runs to Suze. If Suze is away for a day or, or working for a day or, or out for a day and she, he doesn't see her, he just goes a bit crazy and just, just wants to be around her. And if he hasn't seen her for a couple of days much, oh. She's his favorite person in the world. She, he just wants to please her and be around her. Josiah at the moment, he just doesn't seem to get enough of me. He just wants my time. He just wants to be doing stuff and hanging out. And I, I, just, I just love that. But I know there's a day coming where that won't be the case. Where he'll be more in, inclined to want to impress his friends or impress some girl or in, impress someone else who's most important to him. And what do we do then? The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We woo their hearts back. We woo their hearts back. Jay, I know you've done a good job of that, mate. You've done that for Danny and you continue to do it for Danny over the years. And I I know you've done that. Now you've got three young ones that over the years you need to implement that same hunter nature that you had going after your bride with their hearts and capturing them and drawing them back and just loving and, and, and being kind and, and taking them on dates and teaching them. Josiah was very disappointed he, he didn't come to the blokes night the other night because he wanted to play with fire. Very disappointed he didn't come camping with me because he wanted to play with fire. So I've got to get a fire pit in my backyard now so I can woo his heart and keep it there so he can play with fire. In a safe way, of course, Justin. Yep, cool. Um, <laughs> ben, okay. Actually, we passed, just so you know, we passed our fire inspection thing on Friday. They were all happy with the place. So just so you can rest, uh, rest assured, if something happens here, we're going to get out safely. It's good. Not saying it will. I've done all manner of things, and none of it's burnt the building down yet. So that's not going to happen today. Yes. And what's that mean? Impress them on your children. That's what that is. Wooing them back, getting that heartbeat in, getting them... They're pressing them. But you know what? This isn't just a parent thing. This is a church thing. This is really a church thing. We know. And if you talk to most generations, they, they ask and you go, where's revival coming through? The young people. 
Revival starts in the young people. We've had that prophesied. We've heard it a lot. Um, Joel 2.28 says, says, My spirit will be on young people, young and old. The young men will have vision. Revival comes to the young people. As the church, we need to woo the hearts of young people. I, um, that's why we've, we've started and uh, started doing some songs that you mightn't like so much. And I can guarantee we'll do more of them. And I can guarantee these guys sitting down here will love them. Why? Because we need to, as the church, woo the hearts of young people. The statistics say somewhere between 80 and 90% of students, once they pass grade 12, leave the church. We haven't run that statistic here. We've run much better statistics than that where they've stayed in the kingdom of God. Some have gone off and doing other amazing things for the kingdom and locked in other places, but people have hung in with that. But as the church, we need to woo the hearts of young people. Think back to when you were young, when you were a teenager. Was church the most exciting place? I was a salvo when I was a teenager. I couldn't wait till I was old enough to play the cornet because it actually gave me something to do. A bit more exciting than than listen to some old fella up the front talk all the time, mate. We need, to, we need to, as the church, woo the hearts of young people. We need to grab hold of them because there's a, a media conglomerate out there that's doing a great job of it. And I don't want to watch this generation slide away. You guys know me well enough to know it's deep buried in my heartbeat. I got the biggest compliment ever yesterday. Biggest compliment ever. I had this... 12-year-old kid that's camping um, up there in the bush. And he looked at me and said, you do that church thing really good. <laughs> Twelves. And we've wooed his heart. And he's at youth, and he's at church, and he's on camp this weekend, and his heart is there. And he enjoys it, and he loves Jesus, and he loves the kingdom. He doesn't really know who Jesus is yet. But he's falling in love with him. And he's falling in love with the image of him that he's seeing. And we're grabbing hold of his heart. And as the kingdom of God, we just need to do this more and more of wooing young people. And so that's why I say get used to some songs you might not enjoy. You know, I'm not saying we're not going to do some hymns and things like that. We are. Because we need to cross generations. But there's enough of the church in Australia that isn't wooing the hearts of young people. And we're not going to be part of that demographic. We're a generational. We're family. Rising up together. And, and You know, at one point, Jesus was, was having a meal with one of his disciples, Levi. And um, there's a bunch of tax collectors sitting around. And all these sinners. Filled with sinners. The Bible called them sinners. We know what they look like. They're the people we don't like hanging out with. But Jesus does. How many, how many drug dealers have you hung out with lately? Would Jesus be hanging out with them? So Jesus is sitting at this, this table of thieves and robbers and prostitutes and drug dealers. And the, the church folk look at him and go, what's the go with him? How dare our pastor Hanging out with these rotten people. Doesn't even know what they do and who they are. 
Why is he having lunch with them? And he looks at them and goes, well, I didn't come here. I didn't come here for the, for the healthy. I came for the sick. Or another way of saying that is I didn't come for the parents. I came for the orphans. I came for the young people who do not have a kingdom of God expression in their world and in their lives. I came for the young people who don't know Jesus and don't have a mum and dad at home who knows him and maybe don't actually have a mum and dad at home. That's who my heart's after, Jesus said. And um, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. what I want to run after. And as a church, I just want to woo things, woo young people, so that we can impress the kingdom of God inside them, so that we can be the parents of Jesus and be the parents of God. And Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. These are the commandments I give you today to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. And that's what I know is inside you guys. That's what I know you guys carry. I know you well enough to, to know that. And so it's exciting today to be able to come and present Jonathan to the Lord and dedicate him for his service. So why don't you guys come and those that are standing with, please come and join as well. Elders and pastors will raise up. And I need to keep one as well, so I know what I'm doing. Justin and Danielle, you come here today to acknowledge that your child, Jonathan, belongs to God and dedicate him to the Lord and to receive him again from the Lord's hands as a gift to be trained as a disciple of our Lord and Savior. Therefore, this morning, I ask you, will you endeavor, as far as you're able, to provide a Christian home for your child? to bring him up in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and to surround him with such things as a pure, true, lovely, and of good report. Amen. Will you endeavor to order your own lives so that no stumbling block be put in the way of this child? 
Will you give your child access to the worship and teaching of the church so that in time he will have the opportunity to come to a knowledge of Jesus as his saviour and enter into a fellowship with those who believe? Let's spend a moment just praying for Justin and Danny in this before we offer Jonathan. Father, we're just grateful for this family. Lord, grateful for this couple and the, the heritage of the kingdom which rests in them. Lord, we thank you for generations that have gone before and just carved the way out, Lord, and we just ask that that legacy would continue. Lord, we ask for your strength and your diligence as they just commit themselves to your purposes in their lives. Lord, we ask for your, your hope, but more than that, you, we ask for your vision, that you would instill deep in their hearts a vision for their children. Lord, a vision that their children would just run with you, that they would have legs that would just continue on with the kingdom and not grow weary. Lord, they would be ones that would just carry, carry the culture of the kingdom of God inside them and be ones that would set that in and around them, Lord. Oh, Father, we just ask that you would just fill them with your presence. Fill them with your heart as their Father, in Jesus' name. Justin, would you name your son? David Elwood. Can we just anoint you? Just anoint Jonathan David Elwood. We just release the purposes of God on your life. We just commit you to his service, to his plans. You want to see my face, do you? You want to see dad? You just love dad, don't you? Lord, let that heart not leave him. Let him run after that image and that vision of who you are through his father. Don't present him to the church, mate. You can do the Lion King thing if you want. <laughs> yeah, another microphone. Let's let's just pray for pray for Jonathan and Father, we lift Jonathan and his family to you. We give you thanks for each one. Father, we pray for your wisdom and your guidance for Justin and Danielle as they rear this little one, one that was a gift from you. They would rear them with your wisdom, with your encouragement and with your love. I ask a blessing on little Jonathan today. And I ask a blessing on his mum and his dad and his brother and sister in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, Lord, we just, Father, we just ask your kingdom to be inside him. Lord, for him to see what you see and as you see. Lord, that he would be an influencer. He would be one that just you try new things and step into new things, Lord. Break ground for your kingdom. 
No, I just, just believe God's just got that hand of creativity on him. Even just to see things that aren't and, and just bring them into being and even media. And as we've been talking about that this morning, I just kept seeing his face as I was preparing and putting that together. And, and I, just, I just see media on him to be an influence in it and use it for the, the good of the kingdom and the good of God's purposes. So I ask you, church, as you receive this child, will you, as members of this congregation, through the high calling of God and Jesus, and depending on God's grace, do all that you are able to provide for the nurturing of this child? We know that it takes a village, don't we, to raise a child. And so, church, we need to be together on this. So will we do this? Amen. Amen. No. This candle's a, a reminder of what you've done today, of accepting God's gift of Jonathan and, and declaring that he's not your own, but God's to look after for a season. And so we do that here, remembering with the candle, and um, I encourage you to bring this out on his birthday. And as he looks at it, we were talking this morning about talking about it when we get up, when we go to bed, at all times. He looks at that candle and goes, hang on, it's not my first birthday now, I'm seven. What's the go with that candle? That's the times we can remind him. No, this means that you're our precious gift from God. And that when you were young, we said that you were going to follow his purposes and gave him back to God. And just, you were just shared with the entire community of believers in our church and believed for that. And they were just all praying for you and believing for you. And so you can do it, son. You can do it. Probably a bit young to blow that, aren't you? You got big breath? <laughs> Well done. That was awesome. If that one's to you. Amen. So let's just celebrate that. Hallelujah. 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 If during that time you, you receive something from God for, for Jonathan, please, please share it with, with Justin and Danny so they can store it in, our, in their hearts. We know that Mary stored up the words of God and the words of the kingdom inside her heart that were for Jesus um, when he gave it to you. Come, let's stand this morning. Father, in this place is your people. Lord, in this place is your family. Lord, represented here by four generations. Lord, that's what we're after. Lord, to see generations connect together and to see your kingdom just come and bind us together, Lord. Father, as we go today, we ask that you would keep instilling on our hearts just that heartbeat that you carry to reach a generation that doesn't know you, to reach others that don't yet know you, whether they're our age, younger, older, Lord, just to, just to be that example. Lord, and we just receive that blessing. Lord, that we carry the commands in our hearts. And as you go today, may you carry his kingdom in your heart. May you be filled on the inside with his words. May they not just be words on a page or words in a book, but may they be living deep inside you, breathing life and filling you up, that they would just ooze out of everything you do, everything you say, and everything you think. May his kingdom be before you and behind you. 
in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May God bless this morning. I walk with him. If you need prayer for anything at all, we'd just love to pray with you. The altar's open for that. And we'd just love to just release the kingdom of God in there. Maybe if you've got children of your own that you'd just love to pray for this morning and just receive some ministry and then wait. Why don't you let someone pray with you this morning for that? Um, one other thing, just for, for parents as well. Um, with Indian Night this week, it, it had a couple of great benefits. What it did is it enabled us to clean out everything outside there. So we're in the process of just um, finishing off a gate around the back. We've got a couple of buses across the front there. But it just gives our, our kids a bit of an area to run around, which is um, less echoey than out that way. And um, so please feel free to avail yourself and let the kids run around out there. The cars don't drive through there. Cars can't get in there, so it's a bit safer. Again, I've got to say it, which it really is without saying, but um, you're responsible for your own kids' safety within that. Um, so if they're climbing hills and that and fall down and hurt themselves, or if they're boys, they're just being boys. <laughs> if they're girls, they're just chasing boys. No. Um, <laughs> No, but just, just with that, I just thought it'd be, just be neat. I've been looking for something that we can do to give our young kids a, a space to run around. And I, I remember church playing handball after church a lot when I was young, and that was fun. And um, kids need to have fun and a space to run around. So that's there. We're going to probably put some tables out there as well so parents can sit and have your morning tea and stuff like that. I don't think we've done that this morning. But I see a couple of tables there we can wheel through and just get that sorted anyway. Anyway, God bless. Have an awesome week if you want prayer. Make your way out and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that as well. And Amen.